You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. So we're going to start a new series this morning. And those of you that come here regularly know what that means. We always, uh, opening a new series, we always, it's always a time to start building foundations, but we often just throw out a lot of things that over the next few weeks, however long we spend in this one, uh, we'll come in and just really build into, I mean, obviously we're going to look at the scripture, but a lot of the things, I'm going to make a lot of statements to you this morning, and a lot of those things, we will come back and really establish them and uh, as we go on with this series. But I want to talk to you about hope, and I, I call this hope that endures, because um, I'll just start throwing a few things out to you. You know, I've said many times to you that when we see the word hope in the Bible, it is a different idea about hope than what we usually use in English. It's just a different, uh, totally different word. And honestly, this is one of those where I wish we would have uh, done something else. Instead of using the English word hope, I wish we would have come up with a different word or applied it in a different in a different way than just saying hope because when we say this in English most of the time we are we're sort of saying I wish I hope that happens I wish it would happen or I I I really I would like for that to happen but there's still all this doubt in the idea there's just a lot of doubt in the idea of hoping for something and what we're going to find out is that um the biblical term, and that's why I usually say biblical hope when I'm talking about it, because it's such a different idea than what we usually have. But um, first of all, we all live our lives with or in both natural hope. And natural hope is something that, number one, we're hoping for it in the natural, but it's based on natural events and natural things. Uh, so so it is, it's maybe based on past experiences that we've had or things we would like to see happen, but it's not connected directly to eternal truths. It's not connected directly the way biblical hope springs from eternal truths. We're going to see that this morning. It springs from who Jesus is. It is absolutely grounded in God and who he is. And it, it's the object of that hope is, is God himself. It may be we're looking for a manifestation of one of his promises in the earth, but our focus is on him. The same way it is with faith. Our faith, when we talk about faith, biblical faith has a focus. All faith has a focus, but biblical faith is faith in and toward God. We may be trusting God, believing God, putting faith toward God for a situation to change or our, our finances or our, uh, you know, our uh, job situation, whatever, but the manifestation basically of one of his promises, and this may seem like kind of a technical fine line, 
But the deal is, we're not putting faith in the promise. We're putting faith in the God of the promise. Okay, does that make sense? We are putting faith in God. Hope, we're going to see, biblical hope is the same way. It comes as we know who God is and interact with him. And we, we see in the scripture that, you know, the Bible talks about that when this whole deal, this whole age is wrapped up, and even things like the, the gifts of the Spirit aren't, aren't in operation anymore because they're not needed, where either we are face-to-face with Jesus or Jesus is here and it's the millennial reign, whatever, uh, at that point, there are certain things that we experience in the church age that won't be going on then, all right? But it says, even in that situation, these three things remain or endure in their hope, faith, and love. And those three elements work so interchangeably and hand in hand, uh, you know, and, and that's not, our, not the part we're going to look at today. But as we look through the scripture, I mean, it tells us that hope gives birth to faith and love, that both love and faith spring from biblical hope. It also says that that hope then becomes the channel in which uh, faith is directed, and then faith gives substance or the or it becomes a title deed to what we're hoping for. So all of these, and none of that works outside of the agape love of God. And I know that, you know, we'll, we'll dig into scriptures about that. But I just want you to realize this subject is huge. Not only do all of us feel better, right, when we have hope, People, we are made to live in hope. We're made to live in faith. We are made to live in agape love. We are designed for this. There's such foundational elements of who God is and his relationship with us that, you know, we all know that people literally can die for a lack of hope in their lives. People can overcome. Doctors tell us that, you know, somebody can have cancer and it can look terrible, but they'll see this moment. They'll either see where somebody never gives up hope or or at some point they suddenly grab hope and that disease starts to be erased from their life. Hope is a powerful thing. We know throughout history, one of the things that you know, governments that want to dominate, one of the things they do is try and take people's hope away. And I feel like what, and, and what I think brought me back to this right now is that, again, remember, we do live in both and, and there's nothing wrong with that. We will have some things that are a natural hope. We hope for things that are just in the earth. But we also, as Christians, we have to have this biblical hope in us that it's eternal. We're born again into it. It doesn't change. It does not move based on natural circumstances because it didn't come from natural circumstances. It was never upheld by natural circumstances. So when natural circumstances don't go our way, we do not lose hope. And that's what I've been watching recently with the election and with all of that you know, you may have hoped one way or the other. And and if you if you wanted Joe Biden to be president, then you're probably feeling some hope right now. And I've seen this at every election. Okay, it's just this one's fresh in our minds. 
if you wanted Donald Trump to be elected, you may be feeling discouraged about that. You may be sad about that. Okay. But the issue is, I've been watching, you know, people online who, and, and I saw this in the last elections, we would see people whose entire uh, outlook for the future Some of these Christian people, I understand it if it's the world because they don't have anything else to hope in. But for Christians, their entire outlook was crushed when their candidate didn't get elected. That's not where we should be living. It's one thing to say, okay, I'd really hope for this other outcome. But you know what? God is God. And I'm going on. This isn't this, this other than bringing heaven into it and reaching people for Christ, this is where I live, but it's not my world, right? We are in this world. We are not of this world. Our hope, our destiny, it's all tied up in God, in Jesus Christ, in eternity. So we really have to look at that. I mean, you can pull up a lot of different examples. Something happens or doesn't happen. Yeah, we we might go, well, darn it, you know, I, I really, that's, I think that's a bummer that that happened. Or I think that's great that that happened. That's fine, but check your heart. That if, if natural hope is the foundation of your worldview, you're going to have a real struggle, okay? We have something, let's just say it this way, we have something so much better available to us. So let's dig into this. We're just going to go through a few verses, a few foundation verses this morning. Um, you can turn over, if you would, with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. You know, we're going to look at 1 Peter 3.15. I came real close to not putting any of these verses up. And I've told you this for years, ever since we started doing this. I almost feel sometimes if if I'm always putting verses up there, okay? And that keeps you from bringing your Bible, which it doesn't everybody, I'm just saying. If that keeps you from bringing, you know, your your old school, regular Bible, or it keeps you from bringing this Bible, I don't care where it is. The point is, we dig into the Word for a reason. There's life in the Word. There's instruction in the Word. There's all of that in the Word. And at two o'clock in the morning someday, sometime, if you haven't looked that up in your own Bible and made some notes, you're not going to know where it is because the screen's not going to be there, okay? And you look at this subject about hope. There may be some time where something really tries to discourage you. You need to be able to go to these verses and, and dig into them. So I just encourage you this morning, look at it in your own Bible. If you have it with you, if you don't, bring it next week. And uh, But write some of these things down. Take a picture of the screen, what it, whatever you need to do. Okay, that's enough of a lecture on that. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says, and this is from the Amplified Bible, it says, But in your hearts set Christ apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. Okay, that that's, doesn't mean just, you know, in your heart recognize that Jesus is holy, that he's, uh, a lot of people only think of the word holy in terms of sinless, okay? It's not what it's talking about. It's talking about separating him, sanctifying him in your own heart, 
set him above every other thing. Anything else in your life, no matter how relevant or important it feels to you, is not as central as Jesus Christ and who he is. So this is a choice we have to make in our hearts that no matter what happens, good or bad, Jesus, and it says, set him apart as as separate from everything else and acknowledge him as Lord. Acknowledge him as Lord. In other words, you are in charge. All right? And, And what you say... I will do what you say. If you say I'm thinking about something completely the wrong way, then yes, Lord, I will change my thinking. Show me the way it really works, right? Does that make sense to you? All right. So set him apart as holy and acknowledge him as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you, but do it courteously courteously and respectfully, okay? Always be ready to give a logical defense. So what this is, this scripture implies that there, that hope should reside in us, biblical hope, to the extent that it kind of stuns people around us. We don't respond the same way to the ups and downs that all of us experience in life. We don't respond the same way even to tragic situations. We don't respond the same way uh, even to the very, the very best. The thing you were really hoping for comes to pass. Awesome. Celebrate. Give praise to God. But we don't change our course based on whether things work the way we think they should right now or they don't. I think we make that mistake a lot. We, we're... we're Trusting God for something. We've seen in his word. We see the promise. They're all yes and amen. And and that's awesome. And we need to be trusting God for things. We need to be pulling on God's grace. We need to be, the Bible, Romans 5, 2 says, we access the grace of God by faith. It's, it's, like, the, it's like the fuel hose that comes out of the mother airplane, you know, to to fuel us back up. We, we, our faith accesses that flow of God's grace. Awesome. But we don't change course and make different decisions every time something either goes our way or doesn't. But this is saying in our life, there should be something different about the way we go through things and it should be noticeable. And, we, and I don't think the Bible ever encourages us to fake this stuff. Okay, so it's not about you know, okay, how can I react differently while I'm in front of people and then, you know, go by myself and act hopeless? It's, you know, it's not about that. But it's saying we should be able to give a logical defense. Even, and and so we have to ask the question, what is a logical defense of something that is totally spiritual and supernatural? How do you give that to people that don't know the Lord? I, you, you can tell people my logical defense for why I don't react the way that even some Christian people want me to to certain situations. Why I'm able to go through them. It's like, yeah, that's, that's not a good direction. Yep, that's not good. But we go on and we continue in the path that the Lord's given, us, given to us. The reason for that is because I know who God is. That's logical spiritually. That's spiritual logic. 
I, I know that all of this is important and relevant as it is and primarily because God loves every person on this earth and wants all of them in his family. I understand all of that. I also know that all this is going to pass away. So if I don't get, you know, whatever, the car I want, the house I want, the scholarship I want, the wife I want, that which I did, uh, you know, whatever it might be, if I don't, if I don't amen, if, if I don't get that, life goes on in Christ. Because my hope, I'm not saying I'm perfect in this, but I want my hope grounded in spiritual things. So let me, let me just, you know, our underlying hope should, cannot and should not be derailed when things go wrong. And I say that to you, I've said it several times now, because we need to check that. This is a really good place to check ourselves. If that is happening, then you're functioning in natural hope about something, not in biblical hope. So let me give you the definition here of this word hope in the Bible. It comes from the Greek word elpis, E-L-P-I-S, all right? And, you know, I know you guys have heard this a lot of times. It is the joyful and confident expectation of good. The joyful and confident expectation of good. Or it is the happy anticipation of promise fulfilled. It's the happy anticipation. Think about those words. I'm joyful about it. I'm anticipating. I'm just waiting for this. It's, it's not here right now, but I'm just waiting for it. And I'm confident that God is who he says he is and that he will manifest himself the way that he says he does. It's the confident expectation of good. This word, elpis, the last part of it is P-I-S. It's directly related to the whole family of words where we get the word faith, where we get the words like faith, believing, faithfulness. All of those words are related. And and uh, hope. this word, hope, elpis, it's, it's in that family of words. It's in the family of faith. It's not in the family of doubtful wishing. Okay, it's not, in, it's not in that family. It's in the family of faith. There's a strong component of faith in the biblical word hope. There's a strong component of faith. Hope isn't faith, and the Bible makes that clear, but they are intimately related with one another. Again, the Bible, we'll see these verses as we go along. The Bible tells us that hope actually springs from faith. I'm sorry, faith actually springs from hope. Hope comes from, it's related to the idea of vision that the Bible talks about. The Lord says that without a vision, my people perish. And that word perish is a picture of water that has no channel, water running that has no channel. It just goes wherever. And that's exactly what we do when we have no vision. We have no, nothing we've, we've seen or heard from God. We don't know where we're going. So we just try everything. We just go everywhere. And you can see that if you don't have, if you are not engaging with God to the point where you can to, to some degree, you can see your eternity, you can see your future, you can read his word, you can see how your life is to be shaped and go on. I'm not saying you have every detail, but I'm saying you have a vision, you have a sense of purpose. Without that, we just go everywhere. 
And it's the same thing without hope. There's, the Bible tells us that, that faith actually springs from hope. As we get that vision from the Lord, we see who he is. We see how good he is. We see how faithful he is. We see, start to see his promise, which the, all of his promises, which the Bible tells us in Christ, they're all yes from God's end. And we are to say, amen, so be it. So there's this dynamic going on where he's showing us who he is and what he wants for us. And we are saying, so be it. We're engaging and, and all, all that dynamic is going on. Faith is generated in that. Another place tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing constantly, continually unending what God is saying to us, what he's speaking into our hearts. The Bible says that's where faith comes from. It's not an emotion that we work up or have or don't have. That's where faith comes from. So in this hope dynamic, faith is released. And then over in Hebrews, it tells us that faith becomes the substance of the title deed to what we hope for. So faith actually comes back and engages with hope. And I've always used the, you know, used the illustration of concrete forms. It's like hope becomes those forms. And then the concrete fills it with something immovable. But it's in the shape of the form. It's in the shape of hope. The two just, it's just dynamic the way that they work together. So again, there's nothing when the Bible says we hope in this. It's not saying, well, I hope so. Hope is confident. I live in expectation. I live in absolutely confident expectation. We've talked about this a lot of times. Our role, I believe, is to live in hope and faith and love, many other things, but those are obviously real central our role in our generation, whatever that generation is, is to draw on what God has provided in Christ as far as salvation and everything that goes into that. And he said that our role is to pray that his will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. So we are to draw on all of that, to pull into that, and to receive and to, and to pull. And there are some things that we will spend our lives in confident expectation about. And the book of Hebrews tells us this. We will spend our lives and they are God's will and they are God's design. And some of them we will see manifested. There are others that we won't, but our kids will because we stood in faith. This whole thing can't be just about us. And, and what we, how our life goes and all of that, we're here to serve him. We are here to partner with him in bringing his will into this earth until he returns. He paid for it. It is a done deal. It is in the account. We're going to see later that, I'm getting way ahead of myself, that, that our hope also is engaged with the knowledge of our inheritance that we have in Christ as we see what he did for us. It engages, it releases hope in us and faith fills that. And I'm just saying there's some, it is not about, do I get this in a week? Does this come to pass in a week or a month or a year or five years? Or even in my lifetime, if God is speaking it to us, then our place is to pull on it by faith, to declare it in the earth, to trust God for it, because it's coming, okay? It is coming. 
one way or another. Is that making sense to you? All right, so biblical hope, let me make this statement to you. I knew we wouldn't get far, but I thought we'd get farther than this. Have you ever heard me say that before? Biblical hope has its source and maintains its focus on eternal heavenly realities. All right, it has its source in spiritual realities that are in that are embodied in Christ. And it keeps its focus. It is it holds its focus. It maintains that focus on heavenly realities. That's why it doesn't shift. My hope doesn't shift every time something happens or doesn't happen here on this earth. Okay? It it is not engaged in that way in natural realities. Okay? The gospel communicates salvation. It communicates what Jesus did through his death, burial, and resurrection and what was provided through him. There are, scholars say, over 7,000 promises from God in the scripture. And our Bible in the New Testament tells us every one of them is yes and amen in Christ. So, So our hope is engaged. It has its source that way. And it is, we, we, I want to go back to this. It is spiritually logical, okay? There is a spiritually logical reason that we live in hope. And so again, for us, I, I just want to, that doesn't mean that when you communicate that to someone who doesn't know the Lord yet, that they're going to accept your logic. I don't think that's the point. I think the point is we should know. We should, number one, live in biblical hope. We should, number two, understand where it's coming from, what it's grounded in, and be able to communicate that and say to people, well, you may or may not agree, but this is why I, I didn't get thrown by that event. I mean, I felt this way about it, and you know, I understand its implications, but at the same time, there's something bigger than that. There's something more eternal than that. That is a logical defense of the hope that we have in Christ. Just because it's logical doesn't mean everybody's going to receive it, right? That's kind of a different story. But again, that verse to me really speaks to us of there being a hope in our life that's somewhat stunning to people. They can see it. They can see without you making a big deal of it. They can just see you just don't react the same way. Scripture talks about very clearly in 1 Corinthians 15, it talks to us about death and it talks to us about, um, you know, what happens when, when people die. It talks to us about the resurrection and it says, you know, we shouldn't, in, in another place, it says we shouldn't take this the same way people in the world do who have no hope. And what it means there is they have no hope in eternity. They have no hope in God. We feel really bad when we lose one of our good friends and really miss them and, and all of that. But, you know, this is just here. That's eternity. So we have this hope that goes beyond the natural. All right. Let's look at First Peter chapter. We're still in that book. Let's go back to chapter one, verses three and four, again from the Amplified Bible. Okay, it says, well, there's a lot in this verse, but we'll just dig into it a little bit. Praised uh, it's the Amplified, okay, praised, honored, blessed, 
be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. By his boundless mercy, we have been born again to an ever-living hope. All right, get that. When you gave your life to Jesus and you were born again, you were born, you were, you were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, right? You were born into this environment of eternal hope or ever-living hope. That term eternal, some of your translations call it eternal hope. That term eternal doesn't just mean lasts a long time, right? It means it is, it is above, it is of God. It is, that term eternal means when, it, when it, we talk about God being eternal in nature, doesn't mean he just lives a long time, okay? It means his life is totally contained within himself and it cannot be extinguished, right? There is, there is no death that can, that can undo something that is eternal. So we have this opportunity simply through our new birth. We were born into this environment. So our environment as Christians, all right, if we've got our heads in the right place, our environment as in Christians is one of ever living hope. It doesn't get stagnant. It doesn't get stale. It doesn't grow old. It is unshakable. It doesn't change. Natural things cannot affect us. It is affect it. It is an unshakable hope. I know we don't live there all the time, but this is what's available to us. All right, this is available to us. It is a it is an eternal hope. It's an everlasting, ever-living hope, and it says that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So our hope, that eternal hope, that unshakable hope, it comes, it is it is say it this way, it is grounded in the resurrection. So I ask you, if this week you were hoping, uh, let's take a a nice valley uh, thing, you were hoping to get this place to live because that's hard these days. So you were really hoping, I hope this one comes through. I need a place to live. I'm, I'm hoping I can get this and it doesn't come through. Okay you will probably experience disappointment, maybe some discouragement. Does that event change the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Anybody know? (laughs) A few knows, that's good enough. Think about it. Things that happen in my life, if my hope is grounded in Jesus being raised from the dead, if that is, and again, I know, we all have some natural hopes, I get it. We all have, but we need to have this foundational, unshakable hope in our spirit that drives and guides our life. So while I may feel some disappointment, I will not fall into uh, disillusionment. I will not fall, I will not become so discouraged. Discouraged means all the courage is removed from me. I won't go there over a natural event. Why? Because my hope is in Christ. So that means I can come back to that in my moment of disappointment. I can know God is still good. God has the best for me. God has a plan here. Sometimes we come back when something doesn't go right or something that we were really counting on ends up, oh, wow, that just went away. And we come back and we say, boy, God, you've got a big problem here. 
you know, I'm going to stick with you. It's no problem, but you've got a big problem here. So, you know, I'll, I'll stay with you and, and watch how you fix this. But we don't say, my life just ended. We don't, we don't spend a week in a room crying over something that happened on this earth. You don't have to. I'm not trying to be harsh here. I hope it isn't coming away that way. It's just, you don't have to live like that. I feel really bad for people who have let so much discouragement get into their life and so much hurt get into their life that they're just not taking hold of what God has for them. You don't have to live like that. So this hope comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It says, we are born anew into an inheritance Get this, which is beyond the reach of change and decay. It's beyond the reach of change and decay, which is everywhere in the fallen earth. All right? It is imperishable. It is unsullied and unfading, reserved for you in heaven. It's reserved for us in heaven to keep it safe. That's why it's not in the bank. That's why the inheritance of our salvation and everything that comes with it, which is much more than spending eternity with God, like that wouldn't be enough, but it's much more than that. It is, it is everything that pertains to both life and godliness. It is, he has given us so much. That inheritance is in him. It is in him in heaven. And, and through our faith, through our hope and our faith and that whole dynamic, we reach into his grace and we receive life from it. And, and so all of that is reserved for us, but we have access to it through that combination of hope and faith. Does that make sense to you? So that's the environment in which we live. Let me just give you this last verse and we'll come back here next week. This is from the Message Bible. And I just liked... Uh, we're going to look at this verse in a lot more detail from some other translations. But I really liked um, what, it, what it said here because, and, and I just want you to get this, so when we have this hope and faith, when all that's working in our lives, it gives us purpose. It sets our course. It, again, it's, it's connected to the vision that God has given us, the things that he has spoken to us, what he's revealed about himself. It's so connected and it is hope that keeps us connected to who God is and who he, who he says he is and what he's spoken in a way that gives our life purpose. It gives us meaning and it drives us forward in purpose to do the things he's calling us to do. So this, this verse in, um, this is just really good. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 5, again, from the message paraphrase, it says, the lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack. Tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven, kept taut by hope. Let me read that to you again. The lines of purpose, you can just see purpose as these lines extending into, into the spiritual realm, into, into heaven. The lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack, right? There's no slack in them. Tightly tied as they are to your future, which we already saw is reserved in heaven, kept taut, kept tight by hope. All right, our, our purpose in this life stays tightly connected to our whole heavenly inheritance through hope. It's one of the things that hope does. 
And and there's a there's a lot more I could say about that, but I'm running out of time. What I, what I want for you to get today is just this in a practical sense. Need to build hope into my life. Go to the Word. Spend time in the Word and time in God's presence. Ask Him about your situation. Ask Him if you're finding yourself becoming depressed over natural things. He has something better for you. Okay? Natural things can be... And, and listen, I understand... This doesn't happen, in, sometimes it happens instantly. Most of the time, it takes some time in God's presence because he needs to empty out our storage shed of all the stuff we're trying to carry along with us and build something else into us. So I understand it can take time, but man, you've got to take the step. You've got to understand what's available to you. And then you go to him with all confidence, knowing he's good, knowing he has your best, knowing you're in his family, knowing all of that. And you go to him and you say, Lord, I need to arise. I need to come up out of where I have been. And I need your help. Build that vision into me again. Lord, you spoke this to me a long time ago. Didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen. But I know that 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 has very little to do with it. I know that, Lord, you can remake, rebuild that vision in my heart. And I choose hope. I choose to know that you are good and what you have shown me, I will live in confident expectation of what you're saying. The Holy Spirit will help you do that. And the word is such a source. The Bible tells us we didn't look at it today, but that that this hope and faith and love and that whole dynamic, it comes from the gospel, which is the good news. That isn't just the news that you can be born again and go to heaven, okay? There's so much more to the gospel. Is all the good news of everything that Jesus came to give us. But if we don't take, if we don't make that effort in our lives, then we're just going to live in what we can do naturally. You know, got to put a draw. Did you get anything out of this today? All right, let's go ahead and let's stand up and pray together and then we'll be dismissed. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just, my prayer this morning for all of us and everybody who's hearing us on live stream, everybody who will catch this message in the future, Lord, my prayer is that, Lord, if they're in a place where they have heard a negative report or experienced negative things in this life, which we all do, if they have become discouraged and disillusioned, especially with you, but even just with life, we pray today for refreshing hope to enter their spirit, Lord, through your word and by your spirit, Lord, that they would be lifted up, that they, Lord, I'm just asking you to keep us all engaged with what you are calling, what you are saying, the things you have told us in the past. Holy Spirit, we know you can just stir up that dynamo of hope on the inside of us. And Father, I pray it out far outside of this group, Lord, for people that all of us know that have become either very discouraged or their whole future is being colored now by something good that happened on the earth. Lord, and, and Father, we want to be more stable than that. So Lord, I just I, we just ask for fresh hope. We ask for a fresh delivery of hope that is based in the resurrection and tied in to who you are and your promises. We thank you for it this morning in Jesus' name. I pray as we go into this community now, Lord, we go in 
We go out there as your church. We go out there as your people in this earth. Lord, we want to carry so much hope that it brings people to life all around us, that it impacts culture, it impacts people in our job place, in our whatever, whatever we're doing, wherever we're going, Lord. We pray that that hope, that eternal hope would shine out of us and lift people out of darkness. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We're going to be dismissed. We're going to say on the count of three, Jesus is Lord over the Gundersen Basin of the world. We'll open up these side doors unless you need to go back that way and go out this way. So love you guys. See you next week. Say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gundersen Basin and the world. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.